So, hello everybody. It's so cool to be here with somebody that it's so precious to my heart. I really love this woman like crazy. She and I have a wonderful history of being dancing naked in the jungle. So, <laughs> that is the, the level of sisterhood and love that I have with this amazing woman. She's Danielle Robin and she's also uh, not only a sex, love and relationship coach, but she's also and uh, relationships uh, major coach. So that's her expertise, her area of expertise. Thank you so much, Sasha. It's so good to be here. I'm so happy to, to see you and to be supporting in this really beautiful message that you're spreading. So yeah, like you mentioned, I um, specialize in relationships. So right now I'm working as a conscious relationship coach. I work with both couples and also individuals in relationships on um, really breaking through to the next level of their relationship using consciousness and intentionality and heart and working with them to um, solve whatever is coming up that's just creating blockages and really move past that in their relationship and find openings. That's so amazing that, and that is such a necessary area of work right like we all have relationships or want to have relationships that work that heal us that bring us closer together and that is something that we really need to invest work on. Otherwise, it doesn't happen just naturally, right? Oh, well said. Great point. No, it doesn't just happen naturally. And it's funny because people think that it does. They think that epic love and amazing relationships is just going to happen to them. And it really does take a lot of beautiful work you know people often think like the word work is kind of has negative connotations but no it it takes um collaboration at every step of the way absolutely I, and i think that is one of the main misunderstandings of relationships people think that it should be just natural like in the movies you should just see somebody fall in love and you're gonna be happily ever after and the truth is that it takes hard uh, communication skills to actually get that to happen. Absolutely, yeah. And also a lot of inner work and realization and self-awareness, right? Totally, and I think that is also something that um, that people don't really think about is that in order to be the best version of yourself in your relationship, you also need to be showing up as the best version of yourself for yourself. So the work that you're doing on yourself to um, kind of work on your own triggers and personal boundaries is going to cross over into the relationship work and vice versa. So they really need to be happening at once. Yeah, absolutely. And that is something I would really love to to tell people out loud, like say it louder for the people in the back. If your relationship is uh, making you work harder, if he's not reading your mind, if you don't feel like it's just happening organically, it doesn't mean it's not working, it means it needs work. Yeah, and it means you're normal. It means you're totally normal and you're perfect. So yes, shout out to everybody who is going through something like that. You're absolutely normal. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of refocusing and coming together. And, and actually in doing that, um, you, get to, you get to bond and you get to create something. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And also something about relationships 
it's, it's pretty universal yet pretty new, right? Like uh, monogamy, it's kind of a new idea. I love how Esther Perel mentions that it's this marrying somebody that you love, it's kind of new. This monogamy by desire, by, by, because I want to be with this person forever, it's kind of new because usually we, did, we were not with the person that we loved, we were with the person that was financially the best option and then we had loved somewhere else, like in the 19th, 18th century and, and before. And it's kind of new, but with this sense of newness comes like the new challenge, which is questioning what is actually working and what is not and how we can shift that model. You're absolutely right, Sasha. We're really moving into what I would call a growth mentality. I call it sort of conscious partnership or conscious growth partnership, where the idea is to be in a constant state of transformation and of growth. Rather than getting static and going into stagnation, we're seeking constant change because that's actually more reflective of how humans actually are. Um, that sort of constant state of evolution. And in doing that, sometimes when we are, you know, faced with the question of well, what do I choose, which I want to create today, it can get complicated and it can change from day to day or from year to year. And that conversation is one that we do need to be having in relationships if we want to be fulfilling our truth and our, our highest potential. And it's one that many people shy away from because it seems really scary. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such an important point. It can get scary because it can show you parts of yourself that you don't necessarily know you have and so it's hard to deal with right like oh my god I, I'm, this is triggering this aspect of me and i think that is the best part of relationships that it triggers constantly like polishing constantly triggers parts of you so that you can stretch them and grow them. I call taking risks in relationships strength training for the heart because yeah. just like we go to the gym and we work out and we push our boundaries, we actually push the boundaries of our heart in relationships so that it can grow. And as with working out and stretching muscles and pushing our boundaries, we all know that sometimes that can be a little painful and it can make us a little bit sore, but in the end, the, the long-term benefits are incredible. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Oh, <laughs> that, that term just resonated so much with my heart. So I can just imagine how hard it must be for couples now I, nowadays uh, when they are dealing with things that are so new, right? Like desire, expressing their new desire, expressing that, that with the social media opening up windows of opportunity and showing up different kinds of relationships. I've been seeing people coming to ask, is it natural that I feel attracted to somebody else and still I love my partner? Or that I have a desire, a fantasy to be with somebody else and I still love my partner? Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up. So one of my biggest things, one of the things I like to say the most is that I think it would really benefit our society to decriminalize attraction. Mm -hmm. I think that attraction 
is a beautiful thing. It's like a life force energy that fills us. When we feel attracted to a food that we want to eat, we get excited about it. Or when we feel attracted to something that we want to wear on our bodies, that makes us feel alive inside. inside. Attraction is like an essential aspect of life. It's an, ex an essential quality. And to feel attracted to qualities in other humans as we're continuing to grow um, is, is a fuel for our souls. It's a really, really beautiful thing. I think the word attraction gets a really bad rap just to mean like, I think people just equate it with like, when someone hears I'm attracted to someone it, in their head, it's, I want to have sex with that person, I'm going to leave you, right? Um, there's not an opening for the conversation about all of the beauty and benefits of allowing ourselves to feel excitement and joy and pleasure and passion about other people, friends, family, uh, people in our life, and, and not even necessarily about them in full, but about certain qualities that they emulate and bring out in us. Mm, I love that. I love that. And then comes this new part of exploring alternatives of relationships, right? Like we are outgrowing monogamy as it used to be, and we are questioning how it how it can be lived in a way in which it is, um, let's say, honest. Yet again, to explore new edges, to explore new new places with it. So we have new alternatives. Well, new, uh, not that they were just invented, but that they are just being accepted and spoken about openly. And people is starting to question how, how to live these experiences, right? Mm -hmm. So I first want to start by saying that I think monogamy is a beautiful thing. And really the issue with monogamy right now is how people are choosing to do it. So that's one one kind of um, topic to speak about is, is how we're engaging in monogamy, right? With like a really iron fist. Monogamy can be a lot of fun. And that when you talk about all these new options now, there are not just like five other options. There's like an infinite possibility of how you can create your relationship. And that's really exciting when you think about it like that. And again, you've got the issue where most people just have a fear wall up to even looking at what that spectrum could be for them and where they want to play on that spectrum and what they want to create. So there's um, a little bit of a block for a lot of people to even getting there. But once they do open up to the possibility of of play, of other energies in their life, of expressing attraction for other people. Again, what you can start to work on is aligning on an intention around that. So, you know, the first step to all of this is having a couple really open up discussion about what their desires are for their life and for their relationship and reminding them that just because we're using the words open, it doesn't mean they're going all the way way open. It doesn't mean that um, it's that old story about open, you have open and you have closed. And one is all the way in this direction, the other one is all the way in that direction, to remember that there's an infinite number of possibility and you get to create exactly what you want. Mm, I love that so much. I love that. It's like every couple can create their own set of rules. Yes. yes. They can, and it it starts with 
desires and it starts also with making sure that needs are met within the current container of the relationship, right? Because if there's not a feeling of safety, there's not a feeling of security, then opening up in any way or even having that conversation is going to be a lot harder and a lot more tender than it needs to be. So, um, and also making sure that, you know, if if that feels at all challenging that you have somebody guiding you it can be it can be really really incredible just to have a mediator in that conversation because it's not one that we're used to having mm, i love that and it makes me think about something like opening a relationship exploring the rules of monogamy to call it somehow is not a solution to a problem it yeah, right like, like oh we are having issues let's open it up and, and meet new people it can just bring more trouble right like first work within the couple bubble within each other and then open up more relationships more fluidity with the rules of them of the relationship I myself have personally experienced exploring this spectrum from both places. I've explored it from a place of not having all of my needs met in my partnership and experienced what that does. And what it what it does is it um, actually leads to a bit of a spin out where things start to kind of spiral out of control and you really lose the connection of the core of the primary relationship. I've also done this and explored this from a place of real true connection, of openness, of honesty, of safety, and watched how beautiful it is to take that path together when you know it's safe to look at the person and say, hey, I need to pause or hey, I actually changed my mind about that. And to feel like you can voice those things because you know that there's safety established within the container of your of your core primary partnership. That is so important. I love that. So I think that is one point that we need to, to uh, put in black captions, like look at this, right? Like it's okay to, Every relationship, every couple has their own rules. They can't change. It's okay to explore and to see where they go and, and to try to open and, and to and to explore your desires, your attraction to other people, uh, but also to explore where you are doing that from, right? If you do it from a place of hurt and from a place of not feeling fulfilled, it can become a downward spiral. And that can be actually painful for both people in the, in the relationship. Yes, this is why, as a coach, you know, if a couple were to bring this to me, you know, the first questions that I would ask is, where is this coming from? And before we even move into the desires of what they want to create, it's taking a step back and looking at the relationship itself and how can we strengthen it and what's going on there. And is there something that they're trying to cover up? Because often there is, and that's totally okay, but it's probably not the most recommended route if that is the case. So there is a sort of a deep exploration of the current status of the relationship that wants to be done first before even even tiptoeing um, sort of into that that beautiful spectrum that, that I spoke about before. I love that. I love that. I love that. Because I, I have to confess, when I have had like bad times with my husband, Maybe one of the, of the first thoughts that have come to mind is, let's open this up. 
<laughs> okay, so we will still want to be together, but what if you start knowing other women and I start knowing other men? But from this place of arguing and fighting and not feeling comfortable, I know that it would have been wrong to go that way for me at last. I often say in relationship, there are two reactions we can have to anything, and those are contraction and expansion. So when your partner asks you a question, you can expand into it and, and answer them fully, or you can contract, you can become triggered and you can shy away. And I think we all know what both of those feel like. So what I would ask is in the desire to open things up, are you moving away or are you moving towards? Are you running away? Are you contracting? Or are you moving towards creation and possibility, right? So that's a great way to kind of check in and, and feel into which one it is. And it's totally okay if you're doing the contracting, running away thing. We all do it. We all like to fantasize. We all like to run away in our minds. But um, in terms of actually taking steps towards building um, a framework for openness, I would recommend doing it as a way to move towards transformation and growth and excitement and pleasure together. Mm, that's so powerful. That's so, so, so powerful in there. So wise. And on that, on that note, I have heard, I have had people asking me, right? Like, okay, we're so much in love. We're fine. We're living happily together. But my partner wants to experience this fantasy of the threesome or of going out with another person. What if she's more beautiful and he chooses to go with her? What if he has a better equipment and, and she chooses to go with him? And th those kind of questions kind of seem universal to me because I have heard them repeatedly, right? Like this fear of what if there is somebody that comes and takes my place? Yeah. Oh. It's so hard. And you know, what comes to mind for me at first when you say that is, you know, there's this statistic that while people are terrified of flying, it's actually way more likely that you get injured in a car. So there's this imbalanced feeling that there's more danger on a plane, but there's actually more danger in a car, which is something that we do like every day. So Similarly in relationships, there's a feeling for people that the danger and gets heightened if they uh, decide to engage, you know, if they decide to pursue something or engage in something sexual with someone else, when actually, if you think about it, the same risks, so to speak, are present when you walk down the street or into a coffee shop where there's like a cute barista, you know, or at your office. I mean, it's... It's sort of like we can't totally, we can't shield ourselves from the reality that, you know, ultimately there's no iron fist to be had on your relationship and on your love. And I know that that can be hard to hear. All that we can do is continue working towards honesty, expression, meeting each other's needs and trying to be fully present with each other so that we have the best chance possible of being in alignment. So I guess that's my way of saying that, you know, anything could happen, yes. But if you come to this type of agreement from a place of safety, if you understand fully why your partner wants this and it's not because they want to they wanna run away from you, it's because they truly want to live out of fantasy. And then there's also the possibility, if, there's really, if this really brings up a lot, of looking into and exploring 
whether it's possible for your partner to have that need met in another way. It's often, I often hear from couples that, um, and I've also experienced this myself, that when there's been a real desire to what I think in my head is like sleep with someone else or date someone else, what I found satisfies the desire is actually like flirting with someone else or being seen, looking attractive and being complimented by someone else. So it's actually not always the thing we think we want that satisfies the thing that we actually need. So that's another um, another fun thing to explore is if a partner says, you know, I have this desire and I really want it to say, well, okay, if that desire represents like a level 100 for you, what's your level 10? Like what would be your, you know, what would be the first step to having that and seeing if that's a more reasonable thing to do without um, disrupting the relationship in, in as big as a, of a way. That is like the secret of, <laughs> I mean, the secret of happy relationships there that they want to explore, but yet again, they don't want to open up too much. I, I'm just thinking that because at least that's a conversation that I have had with my husband, right? Like you can fantasize about, well, imagine a threesome or whatever, but I'm not really ready to go there. I don't know if I would like the result. I don't know if I would like actually having somebody else, but the fantasy exists. So Absolutely. Yes. So, and I mean, yes, you would start to think about, okay, well, if that's my 100, let me dial it back. What would be my level two? Maybe the level two is talking about what the threesome, what would happen. Talking about it with your partner and getting excited about just creating a story, creating a fantasy together that you both talk about or writing it, writing the fantasy and journaling and, and, and putting it into some, some channeling in some really awesome fiction. Or maybe you find a video that already exists that maps, that's already kind of a, a manifestation or a a representation of the fantasy you have in your head that you can watch together. I think there's a lot that we can do that um, touches upon these desires, uh, but that isn't necessarily pushing us outside of our boundaries and our agreements with our partners. That is so important, so, so important, because I know that as much as there are many people out there that are very um, adventurous and they want to go and experience and they have this level of trust in the relationship where they can actually make new agreements and be in peace. I know that that is not the reality of most relationships, especially when they have been together for a long time. Yeah, I think one of the sad things that happens is the minute one partner says, I'm interested in something, the other partner goes into contraction rather than into opening. And it creates this like dynamic that now they can't talk about it, which is why um, you know it is so important to have somebody walk you through this and be a mediator for this conversation, so that both people can feel like they can speak their needs. It doesn't become this taboo, scary thing that then they can never talk about it again. Because you know, then what's bound to happen is partner A who wanted had a desire. That desire is going to grow and it's gonna become a bigger thing and they're gonna feel like because they can't have it, they want it even more. So um, it's something that actually can be dealt with in a really beautiful and um, and kind of you know immediate way that doesn't lead to it blowing out of proportion. No, maybe one of the things that I love the most about this part of the conversation is that 
it suits my nervous system because it's like people can get to feel so pressure so much pressure about going out their comfort zone right like oh my god you know that now po- monogamy is not the thing anymore see everybody's speaking about polyamory we all should try it and we all should try open marriages and we all should be more open sexually and try threesomes and orgies and swinging and But the truth is that not everybody wants to go there, at least not in one first step, maybe eventually, but not everybody is ready. But there, there is this social conditioning that makes you feel like maybe you are wrong because you are not there yet, because you are, you are not sure if you would actually feel comfortable. So this normalizes those feelings. Yes, yes. one of the other put in Sharpie and bold and say to the people in the back of the room is that I feel like what we've been told about transformation, we actually um, can, can look at it a little differently and there's a little bit of a reframe here. We've been sort of sold on this idea often if like the transformation can happen and should happen overnight and that we need to push ourselves to like jump into the deep end and you know jump off the cliff where that's actually not the most integrative and supportive way to transform and shift behaviors. It's actually in the word I just said, shifting in small little steps that we create change because that way our body and our nervous system, as you mentioned, can get used to change. And we're not just flailing ourselves off the deep end without any support. No, we've taken steps up the ladder to get there. And that's something that I really like to work with people on um, and why I'm a big proponent of like the take your level 100 down to a level two and then we'll talk um, is because it's actually not as safe for the body and for the nervous system to transform in that kind of shocking way. Absolutely. And then again, I'm thinking about a particular case, for example, that I had about somebody telling me, okay, my partner wants to explore outside our marriage. I already agreed. I already said yes. What do I need to have in consideration? So what I told this person was, you need to have in consideration that you set your rules straight, that you speak openly about every detail and that you um, that you know that your relationship is strong enough already, that you know that you are not a body part, right? Like, like you are not a couple of big boobs because there are, there's gonna be always somebody with bigger or, or firm boobs. So that same way, uh, know that you love your partner complete, the whole package, the whole person, the whole story you have together and speak up your rules. You can create your own rules. Is there anything you'd like to tell a person in this scenario? So I I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with doing the work on the self in tandem as doing the work on the relationship and just making sure that this person is holding themselves, is able to hold themselves, is staying grounded and probably more importantly or most importantly 
is in touch and in tune with their boundaries. So is really checking in and is comfortable and safe using their voice when it no longer feels safe for them and where they feel like a boundary has been crossed. This is one of the biggest things I see in couples who um, decide to open up is they feel like they can't pull it back. They feel like once they say yes to something, they're no, they're not allowed to say no. Just like consent in any other um, sexual play or exploration, like you always have a no always no matter what and so don't lose access to that no and and keep really close to what your boundaries are mm, that's so powerful that's so 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 powerful you can always take it back and say okay that's it <laughs> it was a nice experience but no not anymore that, yeah, that's it yeah, you can. yeah that's amazing thank you so much for this thank you so 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 much it is such a nice and, and very important conversation. So I would like to ask um, our viewers to just write down any question that you have. If you would like us to have another conversation to speak further about relationships, about uh, the, this way in which we play with love, in which we play with our partner, this uh, like handball game in which we give and take, right? If there's anything else you'd like to to explore, let us know, and we will be so happy to read your comments and to explore further. Yeah, beautiful, yes, and Sasha, thank you so much. You are a radiant host. Thank you for all your super insightful questions and your support, and I really look forward to being back and answering more questions about relationships and intimacy and conscious partnership and love. Um, it is truly my life's work, and so I'm so excited to be sharing it with you today. Thank you so much for all your wisdom. It was so beautiful. And I'm pretty sure that everybody that watches this is going to go with so much to work on in their mind. Like, okay, a lot of new thoughts to consider. So thank you so much for this. It's such a gift. Thank you. I love you. Uh...